Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com. Hello and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I am Diana Marzalek. I'm with Provoke Media here in New York. And today we have with us Anne Hagner, who is the creative director at Walker Sands, and we're very happy to have you here. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Jan. I'm happy to be here. Good, because um, we have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> um, for those of you, okay. for our listeners who are not familiar with Walker Sands, um, could you just share a little bit about the agency and its focus in terms of clients? Yep. Uh, Walker Sands is an integrated marketing agency uh, with a focus exclusively on B2B technology uh, brands. So our mission is to accelerate growth of B2B brands. Um, so helping brands accelerate the, I don't want to say that. Um, see, I get no risk. Um, uh, we, so Walker Sands is an integrated B2B marketing agency. Um, with core capabilities across the full spectrum of marketing activity from strategy to execution. Uh, so we work in branding, creative uh, campaigns, demand generation, public relations, social media strategy, and web. Uh, we grew up as a PR firm, but have really grown rapidly over the last several years into a full service uh, agency. Um, I find it interesting you you coming, being a creative director and working with B2B tech brands, which um, uh, you don't necessarily put together. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no malice here, no judgment. Um, but there must be pressure on B2B brands, obviously, to sell, to market. Um, and yet they're looking for creativity. And I'm wondering where that creativity comes in in relative to the creativity we might see in a consumer brand or work that agencies serving other kinds of sectors do, if that makes any sense. That does make sense. And uh, <laughs> no offense taken, I think fair to fair to assume that no that few creatives sitting in a, in a university right now are dreaming of working in B2B tech as their big agency job. However, I'll be uh, I'll go on the record saying that it is a, a dream job. And I think one of the most uh, creatively fulfilling uh, areas of marketing for a few reasons. Um, and that one of the, the challenges of working with B2B tech brands is that you have to be smart and you have to be on it as far as digesting the their message, their product, the space that they're in. Um, in many instances, we have new employees come on board, new creatives join the team, and they describe feelings of needing to spend their few first first few weeks learning a new language. And so is the the challenge of any B2B marketer across across functions, right? right. Uh, when you're talking about longer buying cycles, the specifics of the technologies and all of the acronyms, it goes on and on. Uh, but the challenge of a creative marketer is to distill what might be a complex product message into a message that uh, an, 
a, an audience, a target audience uh, wants to receive and can interpret and do so in a matter of seconds. So as far as creative challenges go, that's a pretty fun one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you come from, so do you come from technology or do you come from creative or, or? I come from creative. So my background is in graphic design. Okay. Uh, and so I came up in creative through that path. Many creative creative directors come up through art or copy. I came up through art. Um, and in my current role, I oversee the agency's what we call our integrated creative group. So that includes our the group responsible for integrated creative campaigns as well as organic social media. So I describe it as basically all of the, I oversee all of the creatives responsible for delivering this really concept-led short form creative that might be activated across channels. So my job for uh, the our B2B clients is to figure out how to make their message, which may be technical, dense, boring, or just otherwise uninteresting, or the same as every other competitor lined up next to them, take that message and deliver it across channels, be it social media, advertisement, on their website, in a pitch angle, uh, deliver it in a way that uh, is interesting and differentiated enough to capture someone's attention in a matter of seconds, which I think as all marketers are feeling is harder and harder to do these days. Absolutely. And and what are your clients coming to you with? I mean, are these very sort of um, specific nitty gritty sort of technologies and they're looking for a splash? <laughs> um, you know, what is your challenge when you're working with a client? And I'm sure there's the range also, but. Yeah, um, it's a good question. And I think a timely one in that I think that what our, we're observing is our clients are coming to us with, or have more recently been coming to us with uh, a need for very specifically awareness and brand marketing asks. And that's notable only in that I would say it's a shift uh, since in the last two to three years, whereas I think before uh, the creative that we were that we were being charged with was more focused on performance marketing, demand gen marketing. And while we're still, of course, seeing that, no B2B brand that you ever talk to is going to turn off for performance marketing completely. But more and more, especially on the creative side, uh, we are brands need awareness, credibility, and affinity. And they need all of those three things together. Uh, and I think that this, I think is something that we're seeing, not just on the B2B side, I think that you're seeing it on the B2C side as well. Just last week, I, Wall Street Journal reported on, uh, they had a story about Airbnb and it was reporting on Airbnb marketing teams, recent success in shifting marketing dollars away from search marketing and into brand marketing. This was a shift in strategy that they implemented in 2019. And this article was all about how it's paying off. And so uh, same is tracking on the, the B2B side where there's this new increased pressure to drive awareness and to build a relationship with the brand, uh, whether it's build a relationship with your between your audience and the brand, uh, be it on the B2B side or the B2B side around something uh, and rooted in something that is separate from the product itself. Um, so it sounds like so. It sounds like these B two B brands are taking on bigger personalities the way 
we think of the, you know, the big consumer brands that we all know or, you know, have a, a relationship with. And you say yeah. that's new. Why why now? Great question. Uh, I'm sure that there are lots of uh, smart market researchers who could deliver you lots of data-backed insights than I can right now on exactly why we're seeing this trend and why now. But by my observation, uh, based on what we're seeing on the agency side, there are, I'd say, two key variables at play. Uh, the first, I think, is the reality of post-pandemic worlds and communications. Um, even if it's become a cliche at this point, it doesn't make it any less true that everyone on the planet right now is communicating, behaving, relating, dressing, buying, and obviously working uh, differently in this post-pandemic world. We dress more casually. I don't wear makeup anymore. I'm sitting on this call with you right now and I'm casual. You're in my home. My dog is behind me. I noticed your dog. Uh, out <laughs> we buy things online um, without ever having to talk to anyone. We, even in our interpersonal relationships, are all more discerning about with whom we spend our time and on what we are spending our attention. I could go on and on. And so, so for marketers and for brands, I think it's worth acknowledging that the way the world communicates has gotten a whole lot more casual. The way that we work got leaps and bounds more intimate. And so the connection that I draw there is that consumers, both on the B2B side and, 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 and brands uh, on the B2B side, there's, there's no patience anymore for marketing pretense that we would tolerate in the past. And what we're demanding now um, and what are, is being demanded of brands um, and specifically B2B brands is authenticity and some kind of relationship. What we buy today in 2022, be it me as the individual consumer or me as a uh as a leader within an organization whose career is at stake, if I recommend a multi-million dollar investment in tech that is going to fail, my career is on the line. What we invest in and what we buy says something about who we are. And so I think it becomes the brand's responsibility to answer that question. Give your audiences an answer to what it means to work with you and buy your product. And I think that that is one of two variables that I see as driving this shift towards creative B2B marketing that looks similar to what we've seen in, in B2C this whole time. Interesting, because I imagined before, and, and just for my own education, it was more, was it more transactional before in terms yeah. of marketing? It was more, you need this product and- Yeah, I think like there- I guess more sales than Splash. Much much more sales oriented. I think that there's this, like, even as, as you, you, you acknowledge that the, when we, when you ask this question, there's this like kind of accepted expectation for how B2B marketing messages are delivered. And I think that even when I started my career, there was just like this, everyone had kind of resigned to the fact that B2B is boring. And so you saw like content marketing campaigns and work streams that you have your kind of technical white paper, single column, single spaced, like very jargony, very dense 
um, that would be nurtured. I, I, I don't know. It's just dry and people just accepted that and it, it worked. Right. But, right. uh, that's no longer working anymore. Um, and that, because I think people just need more and also competition is heating up. So everyone saying that same thing, delivering that same white paper, isn't giving enough to the mid-level buyer on the, on the client side who needs to take, uh, select our collect RFPs, take a recommendation to their boss and make a case for why one investment is better than another investment. Uh, there's more that needs to be offered from the, from the brands to help everyone involved in that B2B buying decision, um, feel confident and mitigate the, the risk of that investment for their company. So there must be increased pressure, increased expectations on agencies. Um, yeah. I mean, are, are you're still dealing with B2B tech though. So do they have expect and, and do they have expectation to be treated almost like we were talking about more like a consumer brand? And is that realistic or are there still things that differentiate the B2B marketing from consumer? I mean, obviously in the, the big picture, yes, but but these, this methodology and this um, attention to authenticity, to storytelling, to creating relationships. Oh yeah, um, I think that there are heightened expectations for B2B marketers, uh, definitely. And I think those expectations are warranted. Uh, what we are seeing is that the expectation of, I don't know, B2C grade, creative, concept, strength of execution, mm -hmm. uh, tonal resonance, that doesn't come at the expense of the deep understanding of product messaging, industry expertise, B2B buying cycles, uh, B2B buying stakeholders. You're not, you're B2B, you're not talking to one person. You're talking to buying teams of six people which have influencers, decision influencers across the organization that need to be considered. And so that's, I think, the heightened expectations that anyone who's working in B2B marketing and creatives in B2B marketing uh, need to take on. And why I say that a career in B2B creative, I think is a more like arguably a more rewarding challenge can be than, than B2B to C creative because it you, ha you have to be just as creative as those B2C advertising powerhouses that are that are glamorized and have been. Uh -huh. um, but you have to be smart and you have to be supported by an integrated cross-functional team that has both the strategic chops and the ability to execute across channels uh, while still delivering the creative resonance, the conceptual cohesion across channels. Yeah, I mean, imagine the, um, I don't want to say brain power, but just sort of the the inner workings <laughs> of, of, of marketing, you know, something very technical versus like, I don't know, breakfast cereal. I mean, it's a whole other art form yeah. in a way. You have yeah. the similarities, but yet you really have to get into the, the nitty gritty. Um, what are some of the techniques that you are finding work? Great question. I think that there, this kind of push is manifesting um, or coming to life in in few different ways. The first um, is in at the brand level, so looking at things like 
tone of voice. So how casually some brands are communicating with their audience and, and using humor as they relate to their audience, using uh, in certain cases, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, profanity. And they're like, so anyways, you're seeing brands in their brand communications uh, and their tone of voice breaking some of what some of the rules when it comes to professional communications and these, what I imagine these B2B brands are realizing that the audiences that they're communicating to may be brands, but they're also people, mm -hmm. uh, which is fun. So you're seeing that play out uh, at the brand level. Um, this shows up, I think that that tone is really activated and even different tactics that you're seeing uh play out or on social media in a lot of cases. Um, I'm a big believer that I think B2B brands have actually more of a, uh, an opportunity on social media than even B2C brands or even more of a responsibility, I should say, to invest time in building relationships with their audiences on social media. And that social media is designed to enable two-way communication between one party and another. And B2C brands, as you just described, you say, here's a cereal box or here's the cereal, you're gonna like it. And then someone says, okay, and then they buy it. And then that's done, bought, purchase made. B2B brands, B2B brands, there's there's a study recently that, that came out that um, I believe Google Comscore did a study in 2021 that said 90% uh, of B2B buyers are not in, market at any point in time. It's, they're just, and they, the buying cycles for B2B are on average three months long. And those buying cycles happen on average every two and a half years. So if you think about that as your window, so you could be buying to compare to the example, you could be buying a cereal box, cereal every week. Uh, if that's what you're eating for breakfast every morning, if you're a B2B buyer, that is once every two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And so as the B2B brand, you that same study also found that two thirds of B2B buyers have a brand in mind before they start the buying process. And then they purchase that brand, the brand that they had in mind before they even started their process of searching for a partner, they buy that brand 90% of the time. So they're, they're, they buy their 90% of the time they buy the brand they think they're going to buy. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you so then that they already had in mind before they started their search in any way whatsoever. So other brands have a big push, a big challenge yeah. if they want to get this market. Okay. So meaning there is that the intent-based demand generation, lead generation efforts really just impact a small minority of a brand's potential market. Whereas top of funnel awareness building activity efforts have the potential to drive value and impact for your potential audiences who are both in and out of market, who are ready to buy and not ready to buy, which is where social media, I think, comes into play in that social media is designed for exactly that, which is to build a relationship, uh, a non-promotional relationship uh, within an audience so they can generate, develop some affinity for your brand related to something other than your product or decision to buy or not to buy. Um, and I think that that then is driving what we're seeing a lot of, which is a manifestation of this push for more creative relationship focused 
marketing message and activations on social media where you're seeing B2B brands uh, prioritizing content that is designed to inform, educate, or entertain first and foremost over content that is directly promotional. And so that's taking shape in the form of uh, memes uh, at Walker's Dance. This is my next question. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the most successful? What kind of, can you give us any example of like memes that come into B2B marketing? I know you can't give away your clients, but. So, <laughs> um, so we see a lot of, so uh, there's a lot of, there's rich potential in, in memes uh, for memes on, on social media and for B2B brands. And that uh, humor here, this will now be really interesting content is that I'll dissect what makes things funny. Uh, humor is like often resonates a lot. And what we see in the, in the numbers is that for very niche industry specific content. So a digital marketing audience, we can tap on a, uh, a trend. So a, I'm trying to think of a reason a while back, it was like a Jane Lynch meme from Glee. This is a bad example, but uh, <laughs> tie that to a very specific, uh, digital marketing reference about, uh, an, an SEO's day-to-day challenge, that SEO and that very highly engaged community on social, um, especially digital marketers who spend their day at work on Twitter, uh, really are relating to that content, which is then an opportunity for then that brand to build a relationship with them. There are tons of of brands doing this well. I think SEMrush is a great example. They're friends of the agency. Um, very cited as a wonderful social media program. It does an excellent job of balancing entertaining content that taps into exactly that. So what are their specific audiences looking for online um, with educational content? So constantly pushing out uh, tons of rich uh, educational focused content, insights on how to use the tech um, in, in new ways or even unrelated to the tech and just insights about how to be a better marketer. Um, and so I think that brands who can capitalize on that, that need to, or desire to use social to, for entertainment or education um, are really going to find success on online. Excellent. Well, I appreciate the conversation. It's like you've made B2B um, tech marketing cool again <laughs> for the first time or whatever. B2B tech marketing is cool. I could, I will. If anyone who says, if anyone says otherwise, have them come talk to me at Walker Sands. I will. I will do so. And after hearing this, I'm sure they won't say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate the time and you chatting with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been great to be here. You have been listening to the Provoke podcast brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent, and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at notified.com.